I was talking about August and explaining how nothing important ever happens in August. Seems I was wrong. I promised to suggest some places to visit on holiday and I will. But first, this is Anthony Day bringing you the latest episode of the Sustainable Futures Show without benefit of advertising, subsidies, sponsorship or safety net. Amber Rudd, Secretary of State for Energy, has been writing in the Sunday Times. Jeremy Corbyn, front-runner in the Labour leadership race, has been thinking about reopening British coal mines. And nearly a thousand members of the medical profession have written an open letter to the Wellcome Trust about fossil fuel investments. We've heard the latest on the powerhouse in the north, Shell in the Arctic, and a climate declaration in Istanbul. Amber Rudd wrote her Sunday Times article to explain how vital fracking is to the UK. Apparently, we can't rely on renewables because these technologies deliver energy that is too expensive for hard-working families to afford, she says. We need natural gas, so how can we ignore the vast reserves beneath our feet, the 60,000 jobs that will be created and the enormous sums of money that will be generated to fire up the northern powerhouse? After that, she wrote to all local authorities and told them not to delay any planning applications for fracking sites. They should be turned round within 16 weeks or the authority would be marked down as underperforming. And if there were any problems, the planning applications would be called in and the decision would be made in Westminster. Shortly after that, a plan of the regions where new fracking licences would be issued was published. Strangely, none of these was in the South. There's no doubt that the government has a continuing triple-headed energy problem. Cost, security and pollution. To extract gas from reserves in the UK ticks the security box. Up to 20% of the UK's gas comes by sea from Qatar, as mentioned in previous episodes. More than that comes from Norway. Most people think that a lot of our gas comes from Russia, but that's not the case. However, if Russia decided to restrict supplies for political reasons, not for the first time, it would drive up the price of gas from all sources, including gas from Qatar. But wouldn't UK gas from fracking be cheaper? Probably not. No one knows what it'll cost. Partly because no one knows how much is there and how costly or how feasible it would be to extract. And fracking will be carried out by private companies. Why should they sell gas to the UK consumer at less than world prices? So fracking doesn't tick the cost box. That leaves pollution. Natural gas from fracking or from any other source is a fossil fuel. Burning fossil fuels releases carbon emissions. Yes, gas is very much cleaner than coal, but it's still a fossil fuel. More and more voices, more and more influential voices, are calling for fossil fuels to be completely phased out by 2050. See below. Clearly, this is no time to invest in new fossil fuels. But what about the 60,000 jobs? I haven't been able to find out exactly where this figure came from. 
There's no doubt that it will include many highly qualified drilling engineers and fracking specialists. Unfortunately, there aren't many of those looking for work in the north at the moment, nor elsewhere in the UK. We'll probably have to recruit people from abroad to fill the roles. Not migrants, of course. So what's the outlook for the Northern Powerhouse? We've already heard that Network Rail has run out of money because the Great Western Electrification is costing three times as much as expected, so there's none left for electrifying the Leeds-Manchester line. There's not even a spare 85 million to complete the Ordsall Cord. The Ordsall Cord. While that may sound like the climax of a piece of classical music, it is in fact a proposed line to link the stations of Manchester Piccadilly with Manchester Victoria. That's all on hold now, too. Oh, and the company that's been working on an Oyster Card-style ticketing system for public transport across Greater Manchester has just told the council that it's too hard, it can't do it, and it has to end the contract. Meanwhile, Jeremy Corbyn, who, much to everyone's surprise, including his own, is likely to win the Labour leadership contest, has been talking about reopening British deep coal mines. Again, burning British coal instead of the coal bought from our friends in Russia, they do sell us a lot of coal, ticks the security box. But deep-mined coal is very expensive. No tick for cost. Corbyn believes that carbon capture and storage is the answer to coal pollution. Well, yes and no. Yes, if it works, but carbon capture and storage is not yet running commercially anywhere in the world. A proof-of-concept plant is to be built at Drax, site of the UK's largest conventional power station, but the new power station will be specially designed so that its emissions can be simply captured and stored. This is no solution for existing power stations. Coal was the fuel of the 19th century, in the 21st century, it's one of the biggest risks. No tick for pollution. Fortunately, Jeremy Corbyn will not be able to put such policies into action before 2020. If ever. Almost a thousand medical professionals from all over the world have written an open letter to the Wellcome Trust, a medical research foundation urging it to get rid of the investments it holds in fossil fuel companies. First do no harm is a fundamental principle of medicine, and the letter writers made much of the harm that climate change caused by fossil fuels is already creating. For several months now, the Wellcome Trust and the Gates Foundation have been urged to divest from fossil fuels by a campaign led by the Guardian newspaper. The only response seems to be that they think it's better to remain shareholders so that they can change the companies from inside. This sounds a bit like the campaign against Barclays Bank in the late 60s. At that time, the bank had an extensive branch network in South Africa, a country run by a white minority apartheid regime. Many people in the UK, well, a lot of students anyway, closed their Barclays bank accounts in protest, but others bought single shares so that they could go to the company's annual general meeting and agitate for change. But there isn't really a parallel. 
The Barclays protesters were urging Barclays to be a better bank. There is no such thing as a better fossil fuel company. The only solution is to wind down and close all fossil fuel companies. Only governments will achieve that. But in the meantime, it's prudent to make sure your retirement funds are not invested in fossil fuels. Most pension funds are. Who says we should eliminate fossil fuels? Several thousand scientists worldwide, including James Hansen, former head of the NASA Goddard Institute for Space Studies, who was in the news again this month. He said that unless there was an effective globally recognised price for carbon, any agreements at COP21, next December's International Climate Conference in Paris, would be worthless. I thought President Barack Obama was in favour of eliminating fossil fuels. He's reached an agreement with the Chinese president to restrict greenhouse gas emissions. He's enacted legislation to force coal-fired power stations in the States to cut emissions by 32%, which has driven the coal industry wild. And yet he's just permitted Shell to start drilling in the Arctic and fallen out violently with Hillary Clinton as a result. According to Reuters, while Obama is concerned that greenhouse gas emissions should be reduced, he does not believe that oil and gas will be eliminated totally from the US energy mix. The current drilling permits are for two exploratory wells only, in relatively shallow water, and Shell is not permitted to drill into oil-producing layers until extensive anti-pollution equipment is in place. There's a good chance that this won't be available before the weather closes in and halts drilling for the winter. Certainly Obama has lost many friends apart from Hillary over this decision. Apart from the fact that Arctic oil and gas, like any other oil and gas, are greenhouse gas producing fossil fuels, fuels that we are trying to eliminate, pollution is a major issue. In the cold Arctic waters, there are no organisms like the ones in the Gulf of Mexico which played a part in dealing with the oil spill there. If oil leaks under the ice, it will be impossible to remove and will be there forever, contaminating the environment and damaging the food chain. Shell have already spent some $7 billion on preparations to drill in the Arctic, so they presumably don't want to abandon it. There are believed to be vast reserves which could yield long-term supplies and the Trans-Alaska pipeline is relatively close at hand with spare capacity. It makes sense if you believe that there won't be global carbon pricing and that the present collapsed oil price will recover. Would you gamble your pension and the future of the planet on that? Who else says we should eliminate fossil fuels? A few weeks ago we had the Pope's encyclical urging people of all religions to take action to tackle climate change. This week saw an international symposium in Istanbul and the publication of the Islamic Climate Change Declaration. You can read the full document at islamicclimatedeclaration.org. Here is part of the concluding paragraphs. We particularly call on the well-off nations and oil-producing states to lead the way in phasing out their greenhouse gas emissions as early as possible and no later than the middle of the century. 
provide generous financial and technical support to the less well-off to achieve a phase-out of greenhouse gases as early as possible. Recognise the moral obligation to reduce consumption so that the poor may benefit from what is left of the Earth's non-renewable resources. Stay within the 2 degree limit, or preferably within the 1.5 degree limit, bearing in mind that two-thirds of the Earth's proven fossil fuel reserves remain in the ground. Refocus their concerns from unethical profit from the environment to that of preserving it and elevating the condition of the world's poor. Invest in the creation of a green economy. It's quite remarkable that climate change is once again becoming headline news and that so many different organisations and interest groups are focusing on the Paris Conference in December. Only about three months to go. Well, after all that, you probably need a holiday and I promised some ideas. Here are three. Start off in Wales at the Centre for Alternative Technology. This has an extensive visitor centre and caters for children and adults of all ages. There are displays and exhibits of all things sustainable, from compost heaps to solar panels. One thing I liked is the audio descriptors. You turn a handle to power them up and they tell you what's going on. If you turn the handle anti-clockwise, they tell you in Welsh. True. The centre also has a graduate school and awards postgraduate degrees. You could attend residential short courses on topics including biomass, solar PV, horse logging, permaculture and many others. Find out more at cat.org.uk. That's cat.org.uk. I promised you an electric mountain. This is just up the road from the Centre for Alternative Technology at Dinorwick. It's a pump storage power station built into the mountain. At night, spare electricity is used to pump water into a reservoir at the top. During the day, at times of peak demand, the water can be released into the turbines, bringing the generators to full power, 1,728 megawatts, in just 90 seconds. Plan your visit at electricmountain.co.uk. Number three is another power station with a visitor centre, although this station is no longer operating. In 1986, a reactor at the Chernobyl nuclear power station in Ukraine exploded and caught fire. It was the worst nuclear disaster ever until Fukushima in 2011. You can visit the Chernobyl restricted area for a day or for up to a week. You'll see the abandoned city and maybe meet some of the elderly people in the surrounding countryside who refuse to be evacuated and still live there. You'll see how wildlife has developed with no humans to bother them. It's on my list. If you've already been, do get in touch and tell me about it. Mail at anthony-day.com I could interview you on the Sustainable Futures Show. Actually, if you've got any other ideas, if you've been to any other interesting places with a sustainable theme, do get in touch. I could interview you as well. Well, that's it for another episode. Sorry it's a bit late. I'm in the wilds of Surrey, Woking actually, and there's only a weak 3G signal and no broadband. 
I'm going to have to go to the public library to upload this. So that's it for the moment. This is Anthony Day. That was the Sustainable Futures Show. And there'll be another next week. Till next time. Thank you.